The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode is brought to you by Ritual. I'm a human guinea pig, so it shouldn't surprise you guys that I'm still testing out the multivitamin Ritual. Very, very into this whole omega-3 thing. But really, it's filled with the standout star omega-3 plus iron, vitamin E, magnesium, and folate. And if you're wondering, it doesn't have that super fishy taste. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's more like a blast of minty fresh goodness right into your mouth. You should also know that it's vegan, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free. Ritual is made in the USA without synthetic fillers or colorants. Anyway, I'm trying it for the long term here. It's next to my tongue scraper. I'm doing it every morning, and I'll update you guys along the way. But so far, I would give it an A. To check out Ritual for yourself, go to ritual.com slash skinny. Consider it your lifelong health 401k. Why put anything but clean ingredients backed by real science in your body? Go to ritual.com slash skinny. So you know what I'm excited about this week, Lauren? What, Michael? Efficiency. Yep, efficiency. Stole my word. I love it when things are streamlined, efficient, and saving me time. May have uh, stolen your word, but you should look the definition of that up. (laughs) Okay, so last week I was loading up my Thrive Cart with all my supplies for the week, had my magnesium, my supplements, all my snacks. Shout out to my favorite chips, the Siete chips. Lauren, you introduced me to those, but I love them. I can eat bags and bags of them. If you guys haven't had them, go and get them. They're on Thrive. Get the lime. Yeah, the lime's good. And the sea salt. And my cheat day cookies, Tate cookies. So legit, Lauren, keep your hands out of my cookie jar. Thank you very much. So I was picking all my stuff when I noticed that Thrive's meat and seafood section is now up and running. Engines are a go, boys and girls. Here we go. Blast off. If you guys have listened to the show for a while, you know we love Thrive Market. They're an amazing brand and sponsor of this show, and now they have a meat and seafood section. If you want a lot of bang for your buck each week and want to keep your man happy or your woman, whatever you want to do, I highly recommend you try Thrive's new organic chicken and sustainable seafood box. Lauren, have you had this thing yet? Nope. I just got it. Listen. (laughs) So (laughs) So listen. It comes with shrimp, salmon, cod, chicken breasts, and chicken thighs. Grab your seasonings as well. Bang. Y'all have your mains for the week. You can make all sorts of tasty meals, salmon meals, chicken meals. Michael, you have to clean the kitchen up though. Nope. Mimi and you will clean the kitchen. You're not going to have paprika spraying everywhere. Thank you. I'm seasoning and I'm spraying seasons everywhere. You're not salt bay. Okay. So We love Thrive because it's basically your one-stop shop for all groceries, home goods, pet supplies, supplements, and for the ladies, or hey, you know, even some of the men out there, beauty supplies. Everything is priced 25 to 50% below retail and comes straight to your door. Efficient, time-saving, and money-saving. And girls, you should for sure get the Egyptian mask oil. I love that stuff. That's my fave. I was really on a roll there, but I'm I'm still going. Don't worry, Lauren. Still going. At this point, at this point, guys, if you haven't tried Thrive, I'm not really sure what to tell you. It's the best. Thrive sources all the products with the best ingredients so that you don't have to. You can shop by values on the site. So if you're vegan, paleo, gluten-free, or eat raw, they have it all broken out for you. Makes it easy. Of course, as a Skinny Confidential, him and her listener, we have an offer for you, and it's a good one. For $60 in free groceries, yes, free and free shipping, go to thrivemarket.com slash skinny. That's a link, not a code, a code, guys. Again, that's thrivemarket.com forward slash skinny for $60 in free groceries and free shipping. If you guys find anything really good on there, please share it with us. Let us know. We're constantly looking for new stuff, especially new treats for me. Happy shopping, guys. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. 
Welcome to the Skinny Confidential. Him and her. Aha. I wrote Kinski Wellness when I had one of the lowest points in my life. The guy that I was dating at the time lost his job and visa and decided to just bail one day. And um, it was the day before my book, Clean Green Eats, came out. So he gave me a 30-minute notice and then left to the airport one day. And we lived together and it was, we dated for years and it was just really, it was something from like a movie. And I had to promote a new book. And so I started looking at my heritage and putting together the pieces of like, why am I so resilient through those years of of trauma or, or being treated like shit on TV and media and publishing. And I traced it all back to how my mom raised me. And so mom raised me with gaman, which is a Japanese term that means with great resilience. So a lot of it is the acceptance of knowing that some things cannot change and you will have to let them go. And we're back again. You've been wanting to dust that one off. Dust it off. Archives. A little rusty over there. A little rusty. Whew. Welcome back, guys, to the Skinny Confidential Him and Her Show. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Candice Kumai. We had so much fun talking with Candice this last week, and her cookies are so, so good. It was a wide-ranging conversation, per usual. On this episode, we discussed the Japanese art of nourishing mind, body, and spirit. We talk about embracing imperfection and the Japanese art of golden repair, which showcases how being broken down and repairing yourself can make you come out more beautiful than before. And of course, morning routines and productivity hacks were discussed. For those of you who are new to the show, I am Lauren Everts. I'm the creator of The Skinny Confidential, which is a blog, a brand book, and a podcast. It's a resource for women all over the world, and it's turned into a huge community. You guys have to join the secret Facebook group. No boys, though. And I'm Michael Bostic. I'm a businessman, entrepreneur, and investor. Most recently, the CEO of Dear Media, a new kind of podcast network. And I'm excited. We recently just signed a new show. Many of you guys look get ready to look for them. You've probably listened to them before. They've been guests on the show. It's the show That's So Retrograde. So welcome to the network, guys. And excited to have you in the studio. More. Love those girls. Yep, they're great. So what's up, Michael? Michael B. Not a lot's up, Lauren. I'm excited to be up again late on a Monday night recording this. I, you know, I'm going to be, I got a new routine down. So I get up early the entire week, but except my Monday nights, I now stay up late and then I let myself sleep in a little bit on Tuesday morning. So if you're looking for me Tuesday morning, you won't be able to find me. Unless I'm banging around like I was this morning. Well, listen, when I say I'm sleeping in, I'm sleeping until like 8 a.m. I'll be making loud sounds with my facial massager that sounds like a vibrator, but who cares? How come when, if, when I have to get up early, I have to creep around in the dark like a blind man and I have to like feel around for where the doorknobs are, for where my clothes are, and I, and, I ha- and I can't make a single noise, but you get up and you have to rip open the blinds and scream and squawk and, and crow. Because I do Aubrey Marcus's thing in the morning. Now I'm all about Dude, it. You've done that for like three no, days. I'm so obsessed with it. I'm going to do a blog post on it. Don't be jealous. So what you do is you do your first three things in the morning. So it's light hydration and movement. So the first second I wake up now, I open the shades 
Then I sit in bed and I do my meditation app Headspace for 10 minutes exactly. And next to me is my water with a little bit of salt. It has to be sea salt or pink salt. Lemon. I love the seeds in it. You get mad about that. And I drink my water and I meditate. And then I get up and I move my body. So don't mean to brag, but I'm literally Aubrey Marcus. My favorite thing is that the other day I was up for two hours before you and then you got up and started yelling at me to hydrate and get light, but I had already been up and done those things for the last two hours and you were on such, like you were on the highest of high horses and I wanted to, I just I could, I could, being on my high horse. I was getting so frustrated with you because I was like, are you kidding me? You just woke up and hydrated for five minutes and also, um, if you listen to last week's episode, everybody, Aubrey would say not to be jealous and it's all one big Thing, you know yeah, I'm, I haven't got to the open relationship thing yet, but I'm doing his light hydration and movement moment. What are all the ladies saying in the secret Facebook group? Everyone's given it a no. Everyone's given it's it a, a no? Wow. No go, Michael no, Bostick. No yeses anywhere. No, uh, there was, I would say there was a few. Oh, come on. I thought that was an open group. All right. No, girls, everyone's... Every- I, thought it, I thought you girls were open in there. What's going on? Michael... Your friends would be so lucky. I can't um, see anything that's going on in your group, so I have to you nope, know, ask. Nope, not allowed Did to touch my phone. Did you just break the code for telling me what's going on in the group? No, because I did an Instagram and everyone asked and Whoa, we did a poll. The the head of the group gets special privileges or what? <laughs> Girls weigh in. Let's vote on that. Lauren just broke her um, solemn vow. First rule about the Skinny Confidential Facebook group is you don't talk about the group, Lauren. Oh my you God. know that. So um, excited to be back. Excited to get into this episode. <laughs> so absurd today. <laughs> I can't deal with you. Oh my God. Um, excited to be here, guys. So On this episode, we talk a lot about struggling and embracing hardships to come out the other side. And I and I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about with Lauren in the beginning of this introduction. And I and I thought that this episode and this time would be a perfect way to segue into it. So at this point, we've interviewed, you know, a lot of really strong performers, a lot of great people, a lot of really top tier, what I would say. Um, I don't want to say people, but basically people performing at a very high level, right? Optimum perform. How do you say that? Optimal. Optimal. Yeah, optimal, optimal performers. Um, we've had businessmen and women, um, athletes, authors, coaches, actors, Taylor. actresses. Yeah, Taylor, I wouldn't include him in this company, but he's around there somewhere. Doctors. And we've learned a ton. But one of the many things um, that sticks out and a lot of these people have in common is that many of them have really been through a lot of struggles. And it's, it's really important i think to acknowledge this because you see all these people that you you know you think have it all figured out and when they tell you their stories and you hear about the struggles they've been through i don't think a lot of them would be in the places they are now without those struggles absolutely i just read a book i've talked about it before it's by tim grover and it's called relentless and the premise of the whole book is how you have to be relentless to get to the other side. And I think that with struggle, that's the same thing. Like you almost have to endure that struggle or adversity uh, to kind of see the light. I believe that the more struggle I go through in any aspect of my life, whether it's my relationship or my family or my business, I think that it sharpens that that muscle. You know what I mean? I think it builds that muscle for me to have um, to have more tools in my toolbox to deal with adversity. Yeah. Well, and and once you've dealt with some adversity and you've dealt with some struggle, it also calluses your mind and it calluses the way that you approach problems. So like maybe something five years ago before going through a struggle, you look at it like, Oh my God, this is the end of the world. I'm never going to get through this. And now something, you know, that was difficult five years ago is now it happens. You're like, Oh yeah. And now I have the tools. I can do this, this, and this It's no big deal. And I think it's so important for people to, you know, the reason I read so much and the reason I, 
look to historical figures as examples as many of these people are, you know, we're living examples of people that really, really had to struggle and persevere through things. And when you hear those stories and you see what life can be like, if you get through those struggles and you, and you meet those challenges head on, that's why it's so interesting for me to see those examples. I think it's a big mistake when people, you know, look to just success and they don't look at what led, you know, the road that led there. I think for me, I'm really interested in diving into what made someone get to the level that they're at. Like, what did they have to overcome? What challenges did they face? Like, what hardships at the time did they think were going to be completely defeating that they beat and then came out the other side? And I think, you know, if you're somebody right now that's struggling or having a hard time and you think it's never going to get better and you think that you're never going to get through it, you have to look to these examples because you can get through it. And once you see that there's examples like that in living proof, then it's going to, it's just going to, that switch is going to take place in your mind or say, okay, if they can do it, I can do it too. And, and if you're not looking at it that way, I really think that you should. So when I'm struggling with a problem, what I usually do is tiny little practices that make all the difference. I like to meditate. Like I told you 10 minutes in the morning headspace, that's made such a difference for me. I also like to take yoga. I don't take yoga to work out or to tone my body. Of course that comes with it. I take it more for mental clarity. If I'm dealing with a really big problem. I can go to yoga, step outside of it and gain clarity. And then I also like going in the cold. I love cryotherapy. You guys see me on Instagram all the time, freezing my ass off, but you can also take hot and cold showers. We've talked about this before. Um, Michael does that every morning. He turns the shower to freezing cold and that works really, really well. Reading is another way for me to step outside the problem and get my head and focus on something else. I find for me, the best thing to do is step out of whatever I'm dealing with so I can really wrap my head around it. As you can see, the things that help me the most are stepping outside of the problem. You know, I think this is advice that's easier said than taken, just like everything else. But I, there's a new thing that I've been doing where I try to focus 90% on the solution and 10% on the problem. I think a lot of times when you're struggling or you're having anxiety or stress, it's because you're focusing so much on the problem and you're going down the rabbit hole of like, oh, what does this look like if it goes wrong? And then this will happen and this will happen and this will happen. And so what I've been doing lately is saying, okay, this is the problem. Let's think about it for 10% of the time. And now the rest of the time, the other 90%, let's focus only on solutions. And I think when I start to focus on those solutions and get myself out of the, you know, just focus on the problem, that's when I start to make progress. Again, that's easier said than done. Speaking of a healthy mindset, I have committed, like I said, to taking a multivitamin. So I've been taking it for the past month and a half now, every single day. And here's why I like it. So Ritual is a vitamin that's everything in one. So think all the essential vitamins for women that we need, like vitamin K2, vitamin D3. You know I need D3 badly. B12, which is one of my favorites. Boron, iron, vitamin E, magnesium, folate, and omega-3. Let me give you some background so you know exactly what's in Ritual because this is what really sold me on this product. So it's vegan, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free. It's made in the USA without synthetic fillers or colorants. And there's these little beads. It's kind of like this formulation that keeps dry ingredients separate from oils within the capsule. So you only have to take one pill. My favorite part about it, though, is that it's mint scented with an in-bottle tab enriched with pure peppermint oil. What a good idea. I'm obsessed with this minty smell and this idea. I just think it's, it's, it's so branded. And 
it tastes like mint, which is amazing. There's no chalky vitamin BS. It's just mintish. So you should know that I actually keep Ritual by my tongue cleaner to streamline the whole situation so I can just pop it in my mouth after I clean my tongue. So the other day I was brushing my teeth and I look over at Michael's tongue cleaner and guess what was next to it? Ritual. This is so funny because he really does copy me. And I have a tip for anyone who's looking to get your partner into skincare or health or wellness. All you have to do is lead by example quietly. Just make sure you like kind of ooh and ah and make funny sounds. I never say anything to Michael. I just do it in front of him and shake the bottle and say, wow, this minty fresh vitamin. I love it. Okay, so you can visit their website and you'll learn everything from why each ingredient is beneficial to where it's sourced. I kind of did the work for you guys here. I went on their site and checked out everything and it's really easy to read and explains every single tiny detail down to the ingredients, the research, and what the brand is about. Also, the vitamins look super cute on your Instagram feed. I'm just saying. So quick breakdown of what it is. It's subscription-based vitamin, $30 a month and delivered straight to your door. That's $1 a day. So you can fill in the gaps with your diets with the best sourced ingredients and everything is backed by science here. Ritual's been on my radar forever. I'm so excited to tell you guys about it. And what I like about it the best though is it has happiness guaranteed. No questions asked. You can cancel easily at any time. Ritual is the brand that's reinventing the experience with nine essential nutrients women lack the most. If you're ready to invest in your health, do what I did and go to ritual.com slash skinny. Consider it your lifelong health 401k. Why put anything but clean ingredients backed by real science in your body? Go to ritual.com slash skinny. Are you guys ready? Candice Kumai is an internationally renowned wellness writer, chef, and content creator described by Elle magazine as the golden girl of the wellness world. Born and raised in California to a Japanese mother and a Polish-American father in Carlsbad, California, Candice grew up in a mixed culture home celebrating Japanese traditions and cuisine from a young age and honing a cosmopolitan perspective that continues to inspire her work today. Candace is a classically trained chef, former line cook, former TV host, former model turned wellness journalist, and five-time best-selling author. She also happens to have a new book out, which we will talk about today. Welcome to the show, Candace. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. This is Michael. One, two, three. We're getting ready to podcast. This is my water, Lauren. Sorry. No, it's I not. Swear to God, this that is my has water. lemon and salt my, in it. That's yeah, my no, water. It's, it's not your water. <laughs> you got salt in it? No, no, no. A little bit of salt, just a pinch. This is 100% oh. my water, Lauren. Aubrey Marcus told us it's good for hydration. Who knows? Yeah, this is my water, 100%. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Is it really your water? I swear to God. Candace, will you hand me my purse? I'm going to prove yeah, it wrong. Yeah, which one? It's the, um, the nude one. Yeah. Is there water in there? Oh, he was right. Okay. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Okay. All right. Tell us when, and she's going to show us how to make okay. matcha on air. Just make sure you're explaining it in an audio version so they can, they can hear. Or else they'll DM you oh, like in 500 here. questions. Yeah, like, oh, oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to get real close. Okay. Okay. Ready? Go. All right. So what you're going to do is take your matcha powder. This is matcha beauty powder that I created just for Lauren. So it's got a mix of rice, tokos, and matcha, and a little bit of coconut powder in it. Um, and that way it doesn't taste super vegetal. And then all you need is water that's been boiled and cooled for about five minutes. So you're going to add that into your powder. We're going to make a mess over the cords right now. This is going to be fun. Susan's going to freak. A cha 
sen, which is a bamboo whisk. Okay. So the bamboo whisk then goes inside. So she's whisking the matcha. And this is like M and N motions. Okay. You might have married wrong. Listen. I don't make matcha. Japanese women know how to. Once you're done, you should have like nice little bubbles at the top. Okay. You want to sip it with one hand underneath and one hand on the side, like so. Okay. Or you can just do like two hands like this. Okay. So show us how really quick. Okay. So this is how you always want to hold a matcha cup underneath. Or this way. Okay. You never want to hold it like this. All right. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for showing us that. So this is like, if you want to try it, it's like coconutty with matcha and rice tokos. It's really good. Lars, are there like paper towels? Yeah. Oh my God, how cute are your shoes? Okay, this is so good, you guys. <laughs> it's good. What are the benefits of this? So matcha is known and touted for its antioxidant properties. What you're doing is you're ingesting the whole leaf and not just a steeped tea. So that means you're going to get more benefits, which is why it's a superfood. So you're going to get vitamin C, antioxidants. L-theanine is like a slow stream of focused caffeine. So the L-theanine keeps you focused and calm while the caffeine keeps you a little bit more alert. But it's not jolty like coffee at all. I love that. Yeah. And it tastes really, really good. You need caffeine. I need l a lot less caffeine, but I'm down to switch my caffeine intake to matcha, right? Really? Yeah. I was in a meeting earlier and the, the person's like, are you more caffeine? Like, I need to slow it down. Okay. So let's back up. We're sitting here with your beautiful book. You have written two books? Three this books. is number six. No way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lauren. I know. I know. It's it's true, though. I've been um, writing my entire career. And so on the side, books were always my thing. Yeah. It truly is. I know. How do you pronounce it? Kintsugi. Because they don't say this. Let her say it how you say it. So no. in Japanese, they don't they say su, right? Kintsugi wellness. Oh. Yeah. So it's it's like a silent T-S-U. Holy shit, six books? The Japanese yeah. art yeah. of it's nourishing true. mind, body, so I would say your profession totally is an author-writer. I mean, I would find that because the creativity was so open with books that I said, I don't want to do TV. I don't want to do, you know, magazines. I want to do what I want to do. And books gave me the most freedom over the last 10 years to just, you know, they gave me a deadline and a check and said, we'll see you in a year. And it's... You've kind right. of done it all at this point, right? You're like regularly on TV. You were a judge on, what is it, a Iron Chef? Bit, yeah, yeah. You've done modeling. Yeah. You've done some influencer stuff. We've... Blog, right? Just you're like, kind of a medley. <laughs> I mean, um, somebody quoted me as a multifaceted hustler the other day because you really should learn how to change like with the times. And I think it's important for all of us to find what it is that we like really love and shine at. But it did take like the 10 years of like, hustling and doing everything to figure out uh that kintsugi wellness or japanese health and wellness was where i should have been from the beginning but as you guys kind of know like when you're growing up as a kid you're teased you look different you feel different and i never thought that this would be my calling because as you guys know i grew up in carlsbad which is right next to del mar um like nobody else really grew up with this kind of upbringing until i meet other people that are like Kat Tanita or uh, even Michael's family probably has the more Japanese looking side. 
where kids are kids are mean you know they I think teased I, I, I dodged i dodged that like they, yeah they, you did they, they, they didn't mistake me um but let's so let's go back a little bit you grew up in carlsbad yes you were born in born in san diego or yeah born in san diego okay so growing up what were some of the struggles that you faced like when kids are just teasing you about your ethnicity or so this is a great question because in the book the second chapter um in the book is on wabi sabi and it's actually the most popular chapter in the whole book and it talks about how uh we are perfectly imperfect as we are which is the japanese celebration of imperfection so what i talk about is as early as preschool which i went to maricosta college for preschool they had a little program there and my mom would take me there and i remembered being different from all the other kids but i always liked who i was so we kind of talk about how um when you start writing the cool thing about writing from your story and heritage and past is that it's a little cathartic so a lot of like pain and tears and sadness came out when writing this and i remembered what it felt like to be on the playground feeling different or being different um, and then through elementary and high school, um, it continued, but it wasn't as bad. But you did see other kids definitely get teased for being yeah. Hispanic or, you know, there were fights amongst the different races. Um, and I never really ever felt like I fit in. And it it took a long time, like into college meeting other girls at Long Beach State that were also mixed or going to Hawaii, um, or even going to Japan and saying like, it's okay to be different because at this point in life, everybody can relate to somebody who has a story of pain, struggle, or just feeling like they never fit in. Yeah. Gr growing up, I was always really sensitive to people that got bullied and I really, really did not like bullies. Like in my youth, sometimes I'd get in fights and it was usually because <laughs> somebody was bullying somebody and I didn't like because my mom would always tell me stories they grew up in Batavia New York and, and we were talking about earlier my my mom's half Japanese my grandma's full and they would say things like slant eyes and to her and yeah. my, my aunts and I just know she like it was really painful for her especially in a prominently white area to to face that and so growing up like hearing those stories I just like wanted to be really protective of anybody that was but still do probably I can attest to that since we've known each other since he was 12 he, <laughs> he always uh would uh, would punch a bully in the nose literally I have like listen I, I, really? can, I can tolerate a lot of people but I I, I, don't, I don't like bullies he does not like bullies, <laughs> bullies. what remember someone bullied your chihuahua and you almost beat them up <laughs> yeah. oh. hey no, you but, have good protection Lauren who's your bodyguard now too <laughs> Lauren's now uh that, Lauren's now my bodyguard yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so why did you go into wellness like t walk us through of how you go to Long Beach State and now and now you're in this you're this huge wellness brand I mean entrepreneurial hustler I mean this is amazing this book thanks Lauren this is a cool place to be by the way even though the three of us are from the same hood like in San Diego we're sitting in the middle of LA which is kind of how it all started so um, after college, I just fit modeled, modeled, print modeled all over the world. And I took a year after school and then I was like, well, this is really, really cool, but it's really fucking boring. And I want to use my brain a little bit more because as you guys know, if you have the entrepreneurial genes inside of you, you always want to be thinking about the next year, the next five, the next 10. So what I did was I started looking at culinary schools because I knew I loved people and I loved um, cooking for everyone. So I looked at the CIA in New York. It was too far away to keep modeling clients to pay the bills. And then I looked at a culinary school in Pasadena called the Cordon Bleu California School of Culinary Arts. And this is 13 years ago. 
Um, and I said, I can't do the CIA because it was way too far from any client. And my mom said, you know, you can pay for your culinary school on your own because you cannot cook for a living. You can only cook for your friends, okay? So <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How are you not an impersonator? <laughs> I mean, my sister and I have great stories. Oh my god, I'm crying. Lauren's about to cry over no, here. Oh my I'm, god, it's oh my just, god. No, I'm crying laughing because it's like that is Michael's grandma. Yeah, right. It's always like. Oh, you are not good enough for me. This is okay, all right. Me well, you, and your father are not going to pay do you for have your any, culinary school. Do you have any brothers? I have a sister. Your sister. sister. See, yeah. okay. I think you have <laughs> oh a different experience because, like I said earlier, so funny. I could probably literally murder someone in front of my grand, like right in front of my grandmother, and she would say, "Well, you know that I don't think that was." Yeah, Michael. she would say she would, or she would say, "I don't think that was good but enough." But if my <laughs> if my sisters did something yeah, though, it's only to the girls though, not the guys. That is so mean. Oh yeah. my no, god! No wonder why my mom. Was always like, okay, this is okay. You know, you clap your hands too much on the segment today. You kind of smack your lips too much. Maybe think about that. Okay, bye. I'm like that would those would be like phone calls with my mom. Yeah. See, but I, as I was saying, like my my. <gasps> Oh, holy my mom shit. And her sisters got <laughs> no. that. My sisters got that. But for me, like, I I could do no wrong That's in front bizarre. of my grandma. That's bizarre. It must my be God. all Asian culture, too, like, where men get, like, pampered and yes. women have, like, the wrath. No, this like, is Michael. Like, we can Michael. never be good enough. He would wake up every morning in high school. He's, like, 18 years old. Like, it's time <laughs> to, like, grow up. Grandma would be knocking at the door at 630 blueberry or ch- i can't do it or chocolate pancakes oh my god so every morning cute. stack for him waiting like and then he starts dating me and i'm like i'm not making you fucking pancakes go make your own fucking like what the fuck i don't have time to make you a bowl of cereal bro i think i went the opposite direction <laughs> i think so too so sorry go on there no no worries just, I, too funny mom um tries to discourage me from going which is very common you know for anybody out there listening who has a big dream whether whether it's to be in beauty, health, wellness, artistry, doesn't matter. You absolutely can pursue it and you don't need to listen to all the naysayers, which can include your parents sometimes. So my mom, when she said that to me, I basically said in my head, mm-hmm, watch me. So I ended up going to uh, Le Cordon Bleu program over in Pasadena here, which is right over this hill. Um, and I was studying for an intro to class, which was the meets class. And I went to the library at school, and after I was done studying, I crumpled up the piece of paper that I was writing on, and on the other side said, from the producers of Project Runway comes a new show, Top Chef. And I was 22, and I looked at it, and I was like, should I go to this? To my college friends, and they're like, hell yeah, you're going to go to this. And so I went to the casting. One thing led to another. I end up on the first season. It's in San Francisco. We have no idea what it's like. No one's ever seen the show before. We just know that Project Runway is a huge success. And it seemed like it's exactly like kind of how we were talking about earlier. You just follow every little sign and step when it feels right. So we went to San Francisco. I shot on that first show. And then after that, um, I'd worked really hard cultivating and writing recipes throughout school. And an agent picked me up and we started working on um, pitching like TV shows. So I became a TV host at a couple different networks like TLC, E, um, Talking Head Stuff on Cooking Channel and Food Network. And then that led into Iron Chef judging. 
And throughout the course of all these shows, um, Lifetime picked me up on this show called Cook Yourself Thin. And you're just comfortable on TV right away? That just came naturally to you? That's a good question. I think that the if you look back at your career, you can kind of see the little things that helped. So, like, I always loved doing voices. So the mom thing came naturally <laughs> to me. Um, but I also was really comfortable in front of a camera because of modeling. And I knew that, like, that modeling also taught me how to hustle like a motherfucker people don't realize how hard modeling is oh my god <laughs> and the reason i know you this, do because you two do it no, i yeah. don't i don't model but i've seen like i've been a part of like shoots and and, and, and watching these women do this i'm like holy shit like this is like i, I don't want to do that i would a say lot the worst part of the job is standing in front of the camera smiling for me yeah but you you guys I like to be on video make it look fabulous though you know oh, what i mean it and it takes a, a exactly it takes a a very special person to be in front of the camera, which I applaud Gigi and a couple other girls for speaking out against all the haters. Cause I'm like, yo dude, why you got to talk shit on people that are working and putting themselves out there? Like it is so frustrating how many haters come out of the woodwork. And, and we have this platform now for people to just write trash on and they should be lifting each other up listen i invite anybody to come stand in front of a camera for 10 hours and tell you it's easy it's not it's no you know. absolutely. plus you're like do i have to suck it in how's this angle what's going on right there oh shit my like tit like fat's hanging over this like, it's so fucking annoying you have 20 20 30 people looking at you and judging every yeah you know, it's, it's too Ugh. much okay, i call so, it so 30 you, for one you take 30 pictures for one uh, or 300 300 for one sure <laughs> why not Okay, so go back. You're on this show called Cooking Yourself Thin. Yes. So okay. on Cook Yourself Thin, it's a lifetime series. We shoot like 25 episodes in a few weeks in New York. At the time when I got cast on it, I was a TV show host at Home Shopping Network in Florida. So I lived there for a stint selling like anything to anyone, like ice to igloos. No, wait, igloos to, you know what I mean, Eskimos. <laughs> <laughs> and rubber bands to anyone. I could do anything. And then at the, that same time, um, when you're really young, you're vulnerable and you're kind of flexy, like a sponge. You can soak up anything. So it was a really good time to put myself out there. So nobody should ever be afraid of pursuing what they want to do wholeheartedly while you're young, because that's when you're going to be able to mold and shape your whole life. That's like your your platform. So I was basically bricklaying. Um, my agent, Joe Labraccio, at the time called and said, you're up for this new gig. Cook yourself thin on Lifetime. They actually took me off of the series after I was cast on it. I went to a couple castings in New York and then they took me off because they told me I was too young, too pretty, and too thin and too cool to be teaching women how to oh, cook. Oh, poor you. Right? <laughs> too young, too pretty, so and too thin. <laughs> devastating for a, like a 25-year-old here because it's like, I don't want either of you to ever change. I don't want any woman out there that's feminine and young and killing it to ever have to change. And those comments, now that I can look back on it over 10 years later, are, are basically from somebody else's insecurities. And so there was a lot of, I took a lot of blows as a kid. Like on Top Chef, that shit was tough. I was 23. Um, people were mean to me the whole time on Cook Yourself Thin. One of my co-hosts was so nasty to me the whole season and nobody knew. And then our book, though, on the show, when they finally called me back, I was surfing out in Tonga with my boyfriend at the time. And, and I got this call from my agent that they wanted me back on the series. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me, right? Like, this is a really good joke. And he's like, nope, you've got to pack your bags now and head to New York. So we had to, like, reroute through um, 
New Zealand to LA and then I threw out all my bikinis and threw in all my coats and we started shooting in a January. But yeah, my co-host was not nice. My EP was not the greatest person. Um, she, I, I watched people like treat other women really poorly for most of my TV career. It took a really brave and special woman every now and then to come up to me and say, you're doing great. You're, you know, you can improve here and there. You can learn your craft better if you just focus on this. A lot of women are just, they're trying to push um, for the dollar, for the numbers and for the people and what they want. And they don't really care about the personality. So that show taught me a lot about how to, um, how in the end being humble and graceful will always be better than being a shithead. Doesn't that make you want to be just, like you said, so much better? That empowers me. When someone's mean to me and treats me like shit, and like when I was in high school, the car king, I got my tire slash, all that made me want to just embrace women. Yeah. Because there's such a need for it. Yeah, I'm with you. And Lauren, it takes like a really strong woman deep down to step away from the gossip and the bullshit. And like there was so much back talking, like as in, um, People talked behind other people's backs all the time on that show, and I just sat there and watched it. Same thing on Top Chef. Um, so our book on that series became a New York Times number one bestseller, which leads me into how I started writing books. But I want both of you to know and everybody listening to know that my book agent at the time said I would never get my own book until I had my own cooking show. Because back then that was like so the thing, let's right? Ta- let's talk about like this. So you're very confident. <laughs> Right now, We're, maybe. <laughs> but so, and and you talk a lot about being real and being authentic. What do you think the drive for you behind that is? Like a, a lot of women and a lot of men really struggle with mm. like really being authentic and being real. Like, what do you think motivates you to be authentically yourself all the time? Well, Michael, the thing is, is that it took the ten years plus of being in media and being treated like shit for ten years for me to actually build the confidence. Because if you think about it. Nobody was nice to me when I was on those shows. Nobody at Top Chef cared about my feelings. Like it was, I had an altercation with somebody who was very mean to me just for no reason for being me. And I know you guys know what that's like. It's like, it's not really ever about you in the end. Like Don Miguel Ruiz says in The Four Agreements, it is always, always like it's not personal. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, I don't know if you, I don't fast track it, not the right word, right? But if there's a young woman or young man listening and you could go back 10 years and give them the advice, like what practical steps could they take to find that confidence and, and to find that authentic voice and self? So what brings me back always is I say, um, I wrote Kinski Wellness when I had one of the lowest points in my life. The guy that I was dating at the time lost his job and visa and decided to just bail one day. And um, it was the day before my book, Clean Green Eats, came out. So... He gave me a 30 minute notice and then left to the airport one day and we lived together and it was we dated for years and it was just really it was something from like a movie. I think all my friends can remember the phone calls or the messages or the emails that they got that were like um, Candace's so and so left. It was really sad. I I don't like bringing up his name. Um, Please come to the event tonight if you can. And people were like in shock for me because at that point I went on autopilot And so what happened was like, as you both know, New York can seem very dark and dreary sometimes. And it looked like that consistently for me. I didn't really know what to say or how to feel or what to to do. Um, And 
I had to promote a new book. And so it took me falling apart and breaking open um, in order to go back to Japan. My mother um, was going and my I was going to meet her to say bye to my grandma. So my grandmother, Bachan, was passing away in southern Japan um, like virtually weeks after he had left me. And I went to Okinawa first and I just grieved the entire time. I didn't know... I didn't wear makeup, I didn't eat meat, I didn't drink alcohol, I didn't know what to do except sleep and just kind of survive. And so I started looking at my heritage and putting together the pieces of like, why am I so resilient through those years of of trauma or or being treated like shit on TV and media and publishing. And I traced it all back to how my mom raised me. And so mom raised me with gaman, which is a Japanese term that means with great resilience. And it's something that they are... Um, trained to endure when they're young like if a child is hungry the mother will say gaman and the kid knows like that they have to endure and stay quiet because they can't eat yet um, and then there's also a chapter in here called shikataganai which means it cannot be helped so a lot of it is the acceptance of knowing that some things cannot change and you will have to let them go is that kind of stoicism right yeah it's a form it's a form of it but it's you know a little bit well, it's it's a very stoic like totally it's a, it's a very stoic totally. way to be. and these are these are really old school ancient terms another one is mono no aware which means the pathos in life which refers to a a very light sadness and knowing the japanese people are aware that life will never be perfect there's an impermanence of perfection in life and that things will be difficult and when you're aware of them and you understand they're coming, you won't be as disappointed. Like I know now that TV and media are full of shitheads. And now when I see them, I'm like, oh, you're one of those. Okay, note to self. And then you just kind of like, in your mind, you say like, watch out for this person. Don't gossip around them. Um, and, and you know, button up when you need to. And then, and then you guys have your inner circle, which in the book is called your Yui Maru. And that circle is your circle of trust. That's where you can release and tell people your deepest secrets or who you have a crush on this week or who, you know, who you're going to go um, work with on another project. Like people are out for themselves now. And, and with social media being like at the forefront of all of our lives now, it's important to sort of know uh, when to show your cards and who to show them to and when to hold back. And I think that the Japanese more than anybody else have taught me to kind of be like a samurai ninja in a in a crazy, um, really elegant and gracious kind of way. Like we learn a lot from our past heritage and that's why books became so important was I could express what I wanted to, when and how I wanted to. On your own terms. Yes, There's and a... I photographed the book too because I knew that nobody else could captivate what I was seeing and feeling and believing and that is what got me through those tough times was consistently looking back at my heritage and my roots and saying it's not about um trends and wellness swag or like mesh yoga pants or charcoal lemonade it's about heritage survival endurance resilience patience humility you know the japanese you're culture freaking out michael this is like <laughs> it's, a... michael's freaking out he's like he, well, he, he wants he has so much to say are no, you no. gonna say shogun no no well there's a it's one of my favorite books of all time it's actually written by a white guy but he's studied a lot written of by um, white guy. yeah um, he's, he's since passed but um 
studied a lot oh, of Asian, cult- yeah, Asian culture. His name's James Clavell. Okay. And he wrote a book called Shogun. And the book, it takes place in the 1600s. And it's this Dutch sailor that ends up um, shipwrecked on the shores of Japan. And he has to adapt and learn the language and learn all of oh. this different cultural differences. And based on a true story or fictional? I think it's based on like things that have happened but okay. it's it's a fiction but it's a really really powerful book it's a long book it's about 1800 pages but um oh, it talks about a lot of these things and like really like resilience and their culture and it's just it's really ingrained in the japanese they've had a, a, the japanese culture has had a lot of tough times right? it's funny though because all the yeah. principles that she were just she was just saying about patience and resilience and all these things are things that you talk about and write about all the time well i think like one so of the things to, to really dumb this down is like ex- the expectations of people, right? Like if, if you expect a lot of people in media and TV are shitty, right? Like that's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those things where you can't really be disappointed more than yeah. like your standards are already set. And so when there is somebody that's really pleasant or really good, you're like, wow, that's pleasantly surprising. I think where people run into trouble is they have these high expectations of people. Right. And when right. it's not met, then they're constantly disappointed. For me, the way I live is I don't think that people, I don't have low expectations of people. I just don't have any expectations. So when someone's really great, someone I work with, someone I'm in a relationship with, a friend, then I'm pleasantly surprised and happy. And I'm I'm really, it's hard to let me down, right? Because I don't have these massive expectations of people. Mm. Like, you know, I don't, I don't put that blanket policy out there. So when someone's great, I'm like, I have a lot of room to be really thankful. So you don't expect me to make you dinner tonight. No. As a matter of fact, she, I would be very pleasantly surprised. Okay. So shifting gears a little bit, why did you get into wellness? And and if it is wellness, because it sounds like you're almost niching down into the wellness space, if that makes sense. Yeah. You're kind of squeezing it out. You're so good. Um, It's so hard to say, like, as you guys both know, as, as artists and entrepreneurs, like you constantly want to be evolving with the times. But at the same time, there's something inside of me that's been saying, like, rein it back because people have fucking lost their minds. Like, I have written for every magazine under the sun. I used to be a columnist at Men's Health and Women's Health and also at Shape and Men's Fitness and a food editor at large at Shape and Men's Fitness as well on the mastheads and hosted many of those shows and written now these six books. And what I found was what made me feel real and good was when I wrote from my gut and my heart and I told people things that I really was taught not to tell people at the beginning of my career, like publicists and people would say like don't tell people how you are going to cry when you hear a keen song or you know don't tell don't tell people about your breakup um i didn't really want to ever share that story because it was so horrendous but what helped was um when i learned about human connection and relatability i saw other women start to open up to me and what made me feel a little bit better when i was in the middle of that storm of a breakup was when other people came to me and they said um, this happened to me too. And they told me their stories and some of them were a thousand times worse than mine. So I, I did that little thing where I was like, oh shit, like, I am so sorry. Like if you got through it, I can get through it. And now I'm saying to you, I got through this. You can sure as hell get through whatever you're going through right now. I had to speak in front of 200 people like hours after he left me for the book launch. And it was so, um, it was like grieving at the same time of as being on autopilot and learning of Japanese resilience and saying, if I have this in me, I have to learn how to cultivate 
a better form of wellness for the U.S. Because my entire career, my friend Matt Paget, who actually lives out here in L.A., he kept telling me, he's like, I know what your calling is, Candace. You are supposed to bridge the gap between the American decline in health and the Japanese, like, the Japanese way of living. And totally, you're yeah, doing that. And you're yeah. doing, and you know what? You're doing it really well. And that is a niche. Yeah, really, really, really seriously. I I mean, I don't see anyone else doing what you're doing. You're making talk- it contemporary and cool. It's so nice that you two of all people connected with this. I, I was shocked that we are all from the same part of the country, too, and that Michael's part Japanese because it makes it makes things so much more beautiful. Like my dad's full, you know, European, American, Polish, American and mixed cultures are what make the u.s so special and yeah i mean that so i've always been the golden girl of wellness according to Elle and my amazing friends there in media but i never would have thought that i would have turned this corner until my life fell apart and that's what reined me back in and that's kind of what kintsugi is too when you got vulnerable you and you talk about this you were talking about the japanese art of golden repair Yes. Can you explain that to the audience and and kind of elaborate on that? So that's a great question. When people ask immediately, they say, well, what is kintsugi? Because most of us know wabi-sabi by now or a couple of other Japanese tomes. But kintsugi wellness refers to being broken and learning how to put the pieces back together. And in Japanese culture, when you have an object of desire that is broken you can put it back together with a lacquer or a glue and you can dust it with golden powder. And then it is foreseen as more of an art form. So you look at the piece when it's put back together and you say, this is more beautiful now that it's been put back together and repaired with the gold. And I think people needed to see a metaphor to know that it's okay to be broken. It's okay to have a broken heart or a, even a career that's not working out or someone that's leaving you, a death in the family, a breakup. It could even be some people have been writing to me about how the book's been helping them and, and I've had every story come my way now. Suicides, um, mothers being diagnosed with diseases, uh, people that had massive divorces or heartache or people that lost their job or feel that they have nothing anymore or people that are just not feeling like they fit into society because they're different. And that's a different kind of wellness. That's a self-care kind of wellness. That's why I think this is so cool. You know, when you hear the word wellness, you think smoothies, antioxidants, you know what I mean? This is a different kind of wellness. (laughs) All the shit that I wrote about for the last 10 years. No, I mean, I love all that stuff too. Bring it. I mean, I want the lemon water and salt, you know that, you know. But also this other stuff is really important to consider. Yeah. So how do you do all of this? Like you're writing books, you're on television, you're hustling, you're out in LA, you're in San Diego. Like how, what's a day in the life? I tell people I just slang rocks all day and that's how you do it. Um, but what does that mean? I mean, it means you're a drug dealer and you're slaying rocks. Oh, slaying rocks. rocks. I'm like, is that like yeah. a word that I should be using? Is that like a new hustle word? Yes, it's a, <laughs> yes it is. You Lauren. need to get in the streets a little bit more, Lauren. <laughs> out of dry bar and get in the streets (laughs) yeah you need to um we're gonna we're gonna take your lunch money i mean it's all that i think it's a matter of priorities too like i get teased by guys that i'm dating about how they're like what are you doing for your birthday this year i'm like oh i don't know i have a, a party the next day that i'm hosting for 
for my client Belvedere, um, I'll be sitting at home like resting for the party. And they're like, what? Like, you're not going to go out because and I'm like, yeah, that's a priority for me. You know, so my mother is full Japanese from southern um, Kyushu, in southern Japan in Kyushu. My father's from Poland and he came here on a boat when he was 11. So both of those countries have not only endured so much resilience through World War II, but they also are known for working hard. So what happened was children learn by what they watch their parents doing, not by what they say, but what they're doing. So I watched my dad as a former Navy veteran, now a nuclear auditor, and my mom's a Japanese language teacher. And sometimes I'm like, mom, like, what did you do when you were raising Jenny and I? And she's like, we are making kind of a normal life. You know, I was always impressed with the birthday party here. I couldn't believe it. But we raise you the best we can, okay? Because I think that she did something crazy, but she really, Lauren, she was just raising me Japanese. And that meant you you do your homework on time. You go to school on time. You do everything well. There's a, a chapter. The yes, here. yes. There's a chapter in here called Gambate, which means always do your best. Kyotsukete means take good care. Take care. Um, all the anthems started to come out. And that's how I decided to live. Because I'd be like a piece of shit if I told people to do all these things and I wasn't actually living them. Like I believe in the power of gambate. I believe in Kaizen, which is continuously improving. And I also, I really like the vibe that you guys carry too, because what we're doing is helping the younger generation to also see that it's okay to do everything you've ever dreamed of, but you're going to have to fucking work for it. Okay. So I am obsessive about people's morning routines. When you're in New York, and let's do this before when you were writing the book. Okay. What was your morning routine? And I want to even know, like, do you wake up and get water with lemon? Are you using a meditation app? Like, I want to know every little detail down to, like, what oil you're diffusing in your diffuser. Okay. Good question. So if you're starting, like, before my morning routine is my night routine, which is kind of important because it ties Great in. Great answer. So, okay. The diffuser um, I'm using right now is, like, a sage one. And I like uh, geranium... I don't know, for some reason, there's a couple of blends that they also have that are really nice. And I'll always sleep with a glass of water next to my bed and the diffuser. I have a lot of plants in my room because I love greenery. I have a cute, chunky cat named Cece, who's a black and white tuxedo. She's usually somewhere in there. Um, And I have earplugs and an eye mask because I wake up next to the river overlooking the city in Brooklyn. So, like, I see the city from my apartment but um, the eye mask and the earplugs really help with quality sleep. What kind of eye mask? We need like exact examples. All right, exact is like something from Delta that was put back together because they're they're always too tight. So I cut them and I add like um like I add length to them if I can. Okay, you have your eye mask. You have your glass earplugs, of water. Your glass earplugs. of water. Yeah, and I um I probably stole the earplugs from Flywheel, and. <laughs> whatever works efficiency (laughs) i um i have a noise machine too because the city can be really loud and i like i'm addicted to white noise um and so i sleep really snugly like i love clean white beach sheets it's b-e-e-c-h and i get them at like bed bath and beyond um and i love lots of pillows around me and so on the occasion if a guy sleeps over i'm usually like stay on the other side of the bed like (laughs) Don't come close to me. Don't touch me. Unless I want to be touched. 
because that's how most you know animals or pets like cats are too i'm like exactly like my that. dad told me a long time ago to try to figure out women he said figure out a cat and you'll figure out women yeah it's so true it's so true um and so i have a casper mattress which is really nice and i, I like love the coziness of it so in the mornings um thank god i sleep well in new york because it's home but i use this like Cora Organics eye oil under my eyes, which is a rose like quartz ball roller, which I love. Sometimes I actually sleep next to crystals too. Um, and then I always sleep next to a ton of books. So I'll wake up right now. I'm currently reading um, Fulfilled by Anna Yusim, which you would really like. It's an amazing book about spirituality and how to feel fulfilled without uh, religion or any of that. It's like a self-help book. Cool. So um, in the mornings it's water. And then I usually like cuddle Cece or if there's a guy there, lucky him. And then... Or um, lucky you. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It depends. <laughs> depends on the mood. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm like, okay, please leave now. Get out of here. And sometimes like, you can stay as long as you want. Let me make you matcha pancakes. <laughs> okay, then water's key. I look out at the city and I try to like take it all in. I usually wake when the sun's coming up at six. So I like to look at sunrise. And really the, quick. The what time do you go to bed? Bedtime is probably close to 10. Okay. Yeah. Because I want to like, <laughs> I really believe in everything being cumulative. Like that is a real thing. And my mom looks good and she's in her 60s. And I'm like, I'm going to do whatever you did because it worked. So I think sleep is key. And then um, I'll make a matcha after that. So it's just hot water in my little, I have a Muji kettle that is so cool. It boils water in about 60 seconds or 80 seconds or so. And then I make matcha just the way I showed you traditionally with the bamboo whisk, nothing too fancy. And then um, I'll give myself a beat and I'll figure out if I want to work out, write or meditate. So between those three things, I figure out depending on my day, what I have to do. If it's a shoot day, then it's wake up, get your matcha, and sometimes hair and makeup will come over right away and we'll start going through uh, show notes or segment notes and studying. So if it's the night before something like, say, uh, the Belvedere party or whatever's coming up, I have to study my notes before I go to bed. And remember, we said earlier, children learn by what their parents do. So my mother's a school teacher and she still studies her curriculum every day before her coursework. And I do the same thing now. So if I'm like going on the Today Show or Dr. Oz or E! News the next day, I'll always sleep by studying first. So um, it's either go into hair and makeup, get ready for work, go to a workout, which is usually pure bar, bar method or yoga. I like core power, like the sculpt class. Um, and if it's meditation, it's Deepak Oprah's meditation that's together. Um, and they have these amazing programs where Oprah talks for like a good three, four minutes, and then she sends it over to Deepak, and then you do a 20-minute meditation. Is this an app? It's on their website, so you have to do a download. But okay. I think they might have an app, too. I'm not sure, but I use it. I use Deepak the most because his voice is very grounding, and I, I really am a huge proponent of looking at experts from a like a deep, profound 
perspective like he's written 80 books or something like that I'm the same way yeah i just want to know like every little Real thing deal. yeah i want all the details and and you know I, there's so many people now that are crowding our space that it is so tough to find the real deal ones. And here's how you can really find them is show enough. We're all friends and we all find each other. That's true. It yeah. kind of rises up. Yeah. Cream, cream, girl. It's cream. always going to rise. But not in your matcha. That's hot water. <laughs> don't, yeah, I know. Don't confuse I need, to, I need another tea, but we'll make one after this together. Yeah. What's a small habit that you do every day that you think has made such a big difference in your life? And it could be so small. You know, the big, one of the biggest ones I think I've done is if I'm going to like gossip or send somebody a picture or be like, ugh, this person... I catch myself and I say, this is so unnecessary. It's going to waste like five to 10 minutes of your day. Maybe less, maybe more. More if they catch up. More if they if they find if the, out. If the, well, if the friend goes, oh, I know. Blah, 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 like if they start texting back forth, there's no point in gossiping or talking poorly about others. And I've really like learned to not do that anymore. And a lot of people do ask, like, how are you superwoman? How do you do all the media and content and writing that you do? It's probably because I don't waste any time and people will be like, Candace's fucking real deal. Like this chick works. I don't expect anybody to do anything for me. I am completely aware that if I want something done the right way, I will have to do it myself. I love that. That's my mindset too. I, t I say, always say I wake up with like a thermometer of energy and, <laughs> and that's all I have all day. And if I'm allocating any of that thermometer to anything yeah. that's not propelling my mission forward, it's a waste of fucking time. Yeah. Hell yeah, it is. And if more people could be aware of how precious your time is in this one life that you have, then maybe you would start thinking about doing more of the things that feel really good that you really want to do that make a difference and help others versus being self-serving and sort of just like a shallow, like surfacey person. Like there's a lot of depth to life that we have yet to research or go into because we're so fucking self-consumed with like who's posting what on Insta tomorrow or like who liked your story or, or what guy, you know, I do that too. I do it all the time. Like I stopped um, scrolling <laughs> through my feed. I just stopped. I don't go on that part. I don't even scroll through. If I want to find someone and like comment on their photo, I'll go search. I, I think scrolling, I, I, yeah. I was noticing that I was doing this. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm Is that your it life up. hack right now? The changing, it, it, life changing I've done one. it for two months. I haven't looked at the feed. Not once. Don't even scroll through. I just think it's counterproductive. I agree. Well, I think it's important to know what's going on, but I think if it, it becomes unhealthy, like if you, the first thing you're doing when you wake up in the morning is checking Instagram. Or the first thing you do before you go to bed is checking Instagram. Like that's probably not a good practice, right? Like, it's it's one thing to know and be aware of what's going on, and especially if you're in that industry, but it's another thing to be compulsive and obsessive with something that's probably mm. not so productive. Mm. You know what else I did for time management? This is another hack. I'm sure you have one too. I turned off my text message notifications. So I allocate time, probably like 15 oh. minutes a day to go on my text messages and respond to all of them at once. And if Michael's car's on fire, he's going to have to call someone else. My think, notifications you, are off. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's hold on. You think that if my car was on fire, like you'd be the phone call? <laughs> like you think, oh shit, I don't want to. I better get Lauren on the line. I, I trained him well. So what's what's next? Eight books. Is it eight? Six. Six. Twelve. Twelve, yeah. Just, just A lot. Five, 25. A lot. A lifetime? I'm going to have to beat Deepak Chopra. And somebody told me it was like, Sahara Rose is a friend. She, I think she told me the other day he wrote like eight. 80 books. I'm like, what the fuck? 
Yeah, yeah. That's like two books Shame. a year? Yeah. My God. Six what? is a lot, though. And this book is Dang. so beautiful, you guys. I mean, honestly, everything about it is just amazing. I can't wait to put it on my coffee table. Um, so what's next? All right. So there are a couple good things in the works, but I think it's all about recreating. I'd like to write more of a... Um, perfectly imperfect more of a memoir so that women can really relate to the vulnerability of what it's been like um leaving behind mainstream and what people want me to do and say and be and act and who to roll with and what to wear i'm like i'm not doing any of it anymore you guys made me do that in my 20s so it's about writing more um about how to be a little smarter and tactful and getting more out of what you want in this one life um, I'm, I'm hoping to write that book all over the world. So the book Kinsugi Wellness has been picked up in Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Greece, Poland, the, the Netherlands, Portugal, and Brazil. And so I'm planning on going to all those countries as well. Um, I'm saying that now, so I should really do it, start buying my tickets. Uh, and I'd like to like go on a tour and meet all those women, particularly the women in Saudi Arabia, because I want them to know that like they have a voice and they have freedom in a way. Um, and I, I think being a chick that's like been through it all and been mixed or I'm, I'm mixed and I've also chosen to be single for a little while after that breakup. I think that the main thing is to now is to go and tell women like it's cool you're good on your own and when the right person is meant to come into your life they will come and you are so good on your own so there's probably a lot of speaking and there's probably a lot of events lots of travel new books and new forms of media so like a lot of people are suggesting to go back and start a new video series probably a travel wellness one um, so there's a lot of development and then products, uh, the matcha beauty powder and maybe these cookies that I made you. I cannot wait to try these. Okay. So I thought they looked like marijuana. So tell me about these cookies. Hell yeah, girl. You know, I put a little in there. I was like, I, every time I come to Cali, so I'm like, mom, I'm going to call the, the dealer now because it's legal. And she, she's like, no. You are not going to call him and have him come to my house, okay? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's legal now. It's okay. No. George, Kenny is trying to get the marijuana dealer to here. I am not going to allow it. So I haven't even been able to try anything legally since it's been legalized. But these matcha banana chocolate chip cookies are so amazing. Like, you'll actually think you are stoned when you're eating them. They're vegan, gluten-free, and dairy-free, but they're made with mashed banana. Oh, my God. Coconut oil, gluten-free flour, oats, dark chocolate chips, a little bit of salt, baking powder, and you fold them all in together with a little bit of sugar and matcha powder, and they are... I, I want you guys to try them, like, too. I'm going to try them after this. They are... I'm going to dive right in. He's going to dive right in. It's just like your grandma waking you up at 6 a.m. There you go. Japanese, Japanese women. <laughs> <laughs> So, sir, yeah but, well you know I'm, I'm trying to break that a little too and say you can utilize a lot of that energy towards helping other people too you know you don't have to do it i think you've done a great job <laughs> where can everyone where can yeah, everyone pimp find yourself you? out thanks you guys so i'm on instagram under candace kumai c-a-n-d-i-c-e k-u-m as in mary a-i um, you can write to me in comments on i love hearing about where people want me to travel to next and what to write about next i love like learning about what you guys want to see more of and what you want to hear about. And I'm open to sharing. Um, I'm at CandiceKumai.com, C-A-N-D-I-C-E, 
kumai.com and also um same on twitter and facebook and pinterest is and your book is on amazon yes girl and it is so juicy and i hope people buy 20 copies each wouldn't that be great i don't ask for much not at all it's 18 dollars a piece you know 20 people it's a great investment Go on Amazon, look up Kintsugi Wellness, K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I Wellness by Candice Kumai. It's got golden cracks on the cover. Really pretty. Because that's who we are, right? It is a reflection of your life. And yeah, Kintsugi Wellness drops hot. It's already out. It's been out for two weeks. And we're really trying to share this so that other people can feel the spiritual mind-body connection through the Japanese lens. And I, I really think the book has helped so many people already, and I hope it can help even more of you. Thank you for coming on. Thank, thank you for doing you this. And thanks for the matcha. You, Cheers. Oh, yeah. It's time to do some, <laughs> some matcha. <laughs> Guys, just a few things before you take off. The giveaway winner of the Aubrey Marcus 5 Beauty Product Giveaway was Yasmin Barono. So email me. You have my address. We'll talk and I will send you those five beauty products. If you want to win beauty products from this episode, all you have to do is let me know your favorite part of the Candice Kumai podcast on my latest Instagram and I'll announce the winner next week. Also, do you want a short email from me? Tipsy Thursday is a quick email with lots of value that includes five tips. My favorite song of the week, show, book, wellness tip, random tricks, and of course, lots of easy beauty hacks. It's super short, straight to the point, kind of like a TSC aperitif. To check it out, go to theskinnyconfidential.com and click Lauren Everett's and then subscribe. Drop your email in the box and you'll get the next one. Lastly, as always, if you rate and review the podcast, please screenshot it and email it to asklauren at theskinnyconfidential.com and I will send you five of my secret skin tips straight to your inbox. Thank you guys for your attention. We love you and we'll see you next week. This episode was brought to you by Ritual. So you guys know I've been testing out this multivitamin called Ritual. I am so very much about it. I love it because it's filled with omega-3 iron, vitamin E, magnesium, folate, just everything a woman needs. And it doesn't have that fishy, chalky vitamin taste that a bunch of vitamins have. It's more like a blast of mint, which we love. Mint, fresh peppermint, is actually in the top of the bottle. It's also vegan, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free. We love vitamins like this. So if you want to check out Ritual, go to ritual.com slash skinny. So consider this your lifelong health 401k. Why put anything but clean ingredients back by real science in your body when you can put Ritual in your body? Go to ritual.com slash skinny for deets. This episode was brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive is your one-stop shop for high-end, high-quality, and highly discounted groceries, supplements, beauty products, and household supplies. Thrive Market guarantees its customers 25 to 50% below retail on all items because it cuts out the middleman. Thrive Market is now offering all Skinny Confidential, him and her listeners, $60 in free groceries and free shipping with a one-month trial when you go to thrivemarket.com skinny. Again, that's thrivemarket.com skinny. Happy shopping, everyone, and we will be back next week.